Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to Save Your Sanity Podcast. I'm Dr. Roberta Shaler. Are you living with the chaos, confusion, and uncertainty that a toxic person loves to create? Is a partner, parent, ex, sibling, child, or coworker causing you to second-guess yourself? That can be crazy-making. I'm here to help you save your sanity. So let's get down to it and figure some things out now. Stay tuned. Hello, and welcome to Save Your Sanity. I'm Dr. Roberta Shaler. In this episode, we're going to be talking about working through the grief and relief from leaving a hijackal. Whether that's a hijackal parent or partner, a friend, a sibling, an adult child, you're going to experience both grief and relief. And they're to be expected, not right or wrong or good or bad, they just are. It's going to happen. And I wanted to offer some insights into that because really what we're talking about is complicated grief. You know, we have an expression called complex PTSD, meaning that instead of some major event or catastrophe happening, a major singular or repeated but same trauma like war, complex PTSD is, in my books, death by a hundred thousand paper cuts. It's the little slights. It's the tearing you down, the dismissing you, the discounting you, the... um, ignoring you, um, blame shifting, doing all the things that hijackals do to keep you in your place, exert coerce of control, and make you feel small and insignificant, if at all possible, that would really make their day. And you've had that experience, I'm sure, or you wouldn't be listening to the podcast. Now, there's over 300 episodes for you, so if you're new, I'm delighted that you're here. There's lots for you to explore. So complicated grief, it's a mix of emotions, it's anger and guilt and rage and sadness and loss of hope and, um, oh, just so many things because you've had to make a big decision. It's a very emotional decision for anybody, but you've already been in overwhelming emotions by being with the hijackal. And then you make the decision, well, it takes quite a while for emotions to be coming to the surface, to be expressed, to be worked through, talked through, experienced, not denied. And then you can begin to heal and recover. And as I was reading an article by Dr. Roberta Cohn, and she said, it's a straight up emotional hangover that you have. And I thought, what a wonderful way to express that. You feel like you have a straight up emotional hangover. So you could look her up, Dr. Roberta Cohn, C-O-N-E. And it's a profound sadness. At the same time, it's mixed with rage. And so you can be touching either of those emotions at any time. And you may feel a little out of control because things pop in and you're feeling conflicting emotions and you're not sure if you should feel good about it. So there's often that sense that, oh, I'm feeling a little relief. Oh, that's bad. You know, I 
I've, I've gotten a divorce or I've walked out of this relationship. I shouldn't be feeling good. Yes, you should. You got out of the relationship so you wouldn't feel bad. The opposite of that is hopefully feeling good. So it's important for us to realize this complicated grief. Uh, and people will have questions, you know, deep within themselves. Like, how, how could you say you loved me and treated me like that? Or how could I have believed you loved me when I look back on how you treated me? Or how could you be so lacking in empathy? What? How could you care so little? What is going on? Why don't you take responsibility? Why were you never accountable? Why did I have to make this move? Or if you were in a relationship where you were discarded and you didn't initiate it, you may be having rage around that and then feeling like, oh, well, you know, did I deserve this at some level? No, nobody deserves to be hurt. You know, they you have to do a whole lot to deserve to have a consequence, but not to be hurt. And fear can rise up. You know, fear is just sort of sitting on a place very close to our shoulder very often, and fear will rise up. You know you went through it when you were deciding to leave the relationship. You know, should I should I go? Should I stay? Is it am I a good person if I stay? Am I a better person if I leave? Am I doing the right thing? Am I second guessing myself? It's all over the place. And I've done other episodes on that kind of thing, but just to get into the energy of it is important in this episode. So let's look at that further, because once you get out of a relationship, you may have fear. You may have the fear of being alone or feeling alone or being lonely, which is very different than being alone. Being alone may be wonderful, but feeling lonely may not be so wonderful. So you may have a fear of that. Or a fear of panicking. Can I manage on my own? Can I do this on my own? Can I make it? Is this a wise decision? Have I made a mistake? And so that doubt will come in and the conflicting emotions that go with it. And, you know, how am I going to be? Is this long term? You know, I just signed up for leaving the relationship. What does that look like? How does that show up? So very, very important. Um, And you're always going to be having that nagging question. Did I do the right thing? Did I really do the right thing? And hopefully that you got some help before you made the decision. And of course, if there was physical or sexual abuse, you may have made the decision very quickly. And you didn't need any help to make that because you knew that you wanted to preserve your own well-being. But you thought it through. You know, oftentimes I'll say to people who come to talk to me, I wish we talked before you did that because planning is important to getting the the extrication. You know, I have an, I have upcoming uh, empowerment groups, a people, eight people in a group where we're going to talk about the different stages and give direct help in a group situation. And it's important for us to know how to execute our, my exit. That's one of the programs that's coming up. If that kind of thing interests you, you can find it at relationshipprograms.com. That's new a new URL for us, relationshipprograms.com, where you can find all of my courses and everything that's available and now these new empowerment groups. So <clears throat> you may have some fear. 
And that's appropriate. That's healthy. That says, okay, I can see there are some downsides to this. I don't have my head in the clouds. I can see that there could be some scary bits here. There are some scary bits here and I, I'm up to it. You know, I can manage it. And that fear can lead to depression. You may feel very sad sometimes. You may feel a little immobilized sometimes, but know what it is. It doesn't have to be a place that you build a condo and live. It's somewhere that you can pass through. And the same with the rage. Sometimes you will be feeling the rage. You don't have to you know, completely demolish the living room, <laughs> but you can, you can write about it, what you're really angry about. You can go and stamp your feet. You can go for a run. You can do something, a bunch of jumping jacks or, or whatever, and feel that. And you're going to second guess yourself and you're going to have doubt, as I mentioned earlier, but leaving a hijackal relationship is not doing anything wrong. Believe me, you're not doing anything wrong. You're doing something that's right for you and perhaps for your children as well. It's preservation. It's healthy. And so maybe you have some grief. You feel sad. You're experiencing a loss. Of course you are. You're experiencing the loss of a picture you had painted in your head of how your future would go, right? And you could see it playing out. And now that's not going to happen. It's going to be different. That's loss. Maybe you grieve that loss. You have sadness over it. Or maybe you, you are concerned about the hijackal. Oh, they don't like me anymore. Well, good. That's good. You don't want them to like you. Because then they'll hang around. And then they'll want you back. And so they will engage in hoovering or love bombing. But you may have that fear that people don't like you. And so the hijackal goes into that category. And that's okay. If that's really true for you, own it. You know, I don't like it that the hijackal is angry with me. But we'll get through this. We'll get through this. Or maybe the opposite is true. You're really sad that they're not sad. They're not sorry it's happening, or they're not sorry they did it to you. They're, they don't care. And you may have grief about that because you've cared so deeply, and now you experience the fact that they don't care. So you have to work through that grief, or they still want to make you wrong. Now, when you are divorcing a hijack call, and I've talked about this a lot. And for the members over at, at my Emerging Empowered community, they know all about that. Because <clears throat> when you are divorcing a hijackal, they are really attached to having you feel wrong. So they will do all kinds of things to say how terrible you are, how you shouldn't have done it. They will make up stories. They will make up lies. They will warp the narratives that they tell. They will triangulate through other people. They will become the purveyor of flying monkeys who are being sent to tell you what a mistake you're making. And if at any time you want to join my community, my empowerment, my emerging empowered community, come on over to joinintoday.com. Quite easy. You know, you can find all of these things on my website, uh, Emerging Empowered. So if you don't want to remember all of these 
pieces and all of these individual um, links to websites, just go to emergingempowered.com and have a really good look around over there. So grief, it shows up in so many ways. Uh, Maybe you feel badly because they blame you for their pain. Well, they've done that forever. Everything was always your fault. So don't expect it to be different now. You you left me. How could you? How I, I believed in you. We took vows. We did this. We did that. Anything, any stick they can grab to hit you over the head, they will. And you will feel sadness. You will feel grief. You will feel loss. Then you will be second-guessing yourself. Did I do the right thing? There's a piece of research out there. I don't have it to quote to you right now, but it shows that when people are leaving toxic or abusive relationships, they can leave up to seven times before they stay away for good. I want to help you get it right the first time. (laughs) I really, really do. Think it through carefully. If you want to work with me, go to beaclient.com, beaclient.com, and I'm happy to help you do that. But think it through carefully. Don't do anything spontaneously unless there is physical or sexual abuse because it serves you well to think it through first and to get some help if you need it. And then you start asking yourself other grief questions. Should I have hung in longer? What if they change? Well, they didn't change the whole time you were with them. Do you honestly think they're going to change now? And this is just a little aside, but I get asked this question all the time. I left my hijack call. This is in romantic relationships, mostly. I left my hijack call, and now they're calling to say that they've changed. They see the error of their ways. They've gone to counseling you know, once maybe, um, and now they understand and everything is fixed. Come back. No, that's a come on. (laughs) They're just doing their thing to say, let me get you back. Let me hoover you back. They haven't changed. If they were going to change, they would have changed. Your leaving does not change them, but they don't like losing you. So don't let that statement on their on their behalf, you know, <clears throat> telling you how, how dare you've done this to me, um, to, to have any weight in your decision making. Because I'm telling you right now, all the things I'm talking about in this episode, they're going to do. They may not do every one, but they'll do enough of them. And that just shows that it's patterned behavior. It's how they think. It's how they work things through. It's how they gain coercive control and power and status. And that's what they want. Another thing that may show up is grief. You may be asking yourself, well, was it really that bad? You know, did I overreact? Was it really that bad? Then you get sad about yourself. Was I a failure? No. You're not. If you'd stayed, you might have been. And that's important for you to recognize. Because sometimes you've had that experience, right? You get into kind of a mental loop and you start like going around and around on an issue. And somehow every time you go around and around on the issue, you lose. Because we get trapped in those old thought patterns. Healthier humans as opposed to hijackal humans, are always giving people second chances and the benefit of the doubt. But you've already done that. You have made a decision to leave. 
And these kinds of questions are going to be coming up for you. But that doesn't mean that you need to answer them by considering going back into the relationship. Don't be afraid of grief. It's something that you walk through. If you try and go around it, it'll be sitting there waiting to get you later. But walk through it. Be willing to walk through it. Face it. Walk through it. Keep on walking. It's a lot like walking through a forest. It seems like a good idea. But as you walk in, it gets darker and colder and scarier and there are noises and it keeps getting worse and worse and worse and worse. But then you get to the middle and it starts getting lighter and warmer and better and you can make it through. And that's the same thing with grief. So I hope you'll accord yourself that opportunity to deal with the grief and and when you're asking yourself, what have I done? Remind yourself, have a, have a written statement. What I have done is take steps to show that I am worthy. I have self-respect. I want to have a life that is based on my values. And it wasn't happening there. And I have boundaries. And I have boundaries And I know so because I have non-negotiable boundaries that have consequences that happen. And by the time that you have left to hijack all, you are clear that your boundaries have been crossed. I know that. You may not have all the words for it because you're in such a depleted state, but you have been really beaten up emotionally and hopefully not in too many other ways. Verbally, for sure. And that falls into and follows into the emotional. And then relief. You may feel that you don't deserve relief, that somehow you're not a good person if you feel relieved that you're out of this situation. So know that there are things that you will not have to deal with anymore. You will not have to be hypervigilant. What are they thinking? What do they want? What are they going to see when they come in here? What kind of day did they have? What mood are they in? How is the response going to be? Did they drink? Have they been drinking? What are they going to think? Is anything out of place? I mean, that level of hypervigilance is depleting. And it means you're constantly thinking about the other person, which gives them control. And so when you can experience the relief of, "Ah, this is my house. I do things my way here. They are not here. And I am not going to bring them here by bringing them into my head. I know that sounds so simple and I know it's not easy, but that's the goal. You want to allow yourself to experience the relief that you no longer have to be hypervigilant because you've taken a strong step to say no more to that. Very important. And no relief, no more shame, no more blame, no more game, no more manipulation, no more abuse, no more gaslighting, no more blame shifting, no more future faking. If you're new to my podcast, I've done episodes on all those things. And you have the breakthrough 
from being hooked on hope that they will change to feeling hopeful that you can create a new life your way, even if it's difficult, even if it can't be immediate. And if you're still thinking about leaving, these are important things to anticipate, to know that they will happen and you will make it through. Do you know what? You have been through a lot of difficult stuff already. And guess what? You're still here. And you will get through this one too. So let's talk about working it through. One of the ways that you can work it through, if you haven't done it already, is to really educate yourself on hijackal abuse, emotional abuse. You know, there I've written a lot of books about it. I've done a lot of podcasts about it. I've done a lot of YouTube videos about it. You can go to youtube.com slash for for relationship help help you can see 700 plus videos i've done about it educate yourself about it so just in case you need that reinforcement you can go and watch a video or listen to a podcast by someone who knows and say ah yeah that's why i left yeah that was awful yeah i'm not going to put up with that anymore no i'm not welcoming that into my life and that will remind you of the traits of hijackals the patterns and the cycles of hijackals and you will remember what you said no to by leaving and sometimes we need to be reminded and like i said no you will survive you've survived everything that was hard in your whole life and you're still here so you will survive this too. You are stronger than you might think. And the more that you take some note of the things I'm suggesting, you will feel even stronger and get help. You know, it's difficult to go through things without somebody who isn't going through it, but we'll walk through with you to see where the pitfalls are and the minefields and when you need a helping hand and a lift up and to applaud you when you're moving forward. And that's important. <clears throat> if, if that's something that you want and you want you want to work with me, I do offer a one-hour full session to brand-new clients for only $97. You'll find that at beaclient.com, beaclient.com. So what would you get help for? Because you have some feelings, and you don't want to bottle up the feelings. You need to feel them because, remember, you're going to walk through that forest, and it's going to get darker and colder and scarier as you walk to the middle. And then, you know, about that moment is probably when you left. Um, but you need help remembering that it's going to get better and that you're planning for what you're going to do as you get out of the forest. And you're cementing those lessons that you've learned about what you never want again on that journey. And so you don't want to deny the feelings. You don't want to distract from them. You don't want to deflect from them. You don't want to bury them. They'll just be waiting for you to fall in again. The very best thing to do is to handle them. And you need help to do that in most cases. You know, a good friend is helpful, but they are on your side in a way that says, I'll join you, I'll jump in and say, that was a terrible person. But is that really the help you need? No, usually it's a professional help you more. 
So you want to go through this, not around it, because you don't want it to be a pitfall that you could find yourself in at any time. You want to know it's in your rearview mirror. It's been taken care of, right? You don't want to say, oh, it's waiting around a corner to jump out and scare me or grab me. And then I'm going to go into that rabbit hole and I'm going to feel terrible. No, you want to be in charge of the process. So go through the feelings, not around them. I know, it can be scary, but it's important. You don't want them lurking around to grab you in some unsuspecting moment or to sabotage something important because they weren't worked through. And then you want to practice self-compassion with compassionate self-care. You know, self-care is not selfish. I say that almost every week. Self-care is saying, I deserve my time. I deserve my energy. I deserve to know who I want, who I am and what I want, what I need, what I prefer. I need to know how to express that. And if I don't know what it is, I won't express that. So show yourself that you deserve compassionate self-care. And you don't have to make anyone wrong to know they're not right for you. And I made a meme of that, you know, at facebook.com slash hijackles. I made a lot of graphics for you. Things that will allow you to just have a stop and think or consider and write about it. Or if you're looking for something to share in a group on narcissistic abuse or anything to do with emotional abuse, there are a lot of them there that you can share. Facebook.com slash hijackles. So working through the relief, you know, you kind of have an idea about working through the grief, but working through the relief um, to know that you're not a bad person because you walked away. In fact, you're a brave, strong, courageous person who knew what to say no to and said no more. And see yourself that way. Treat yourself that way. Remind yourself that it took courage and strength and bravery to say, I don't want that relationship anymore. I want something different, more positive, more uplifting, more supportive, more equal, reciprocal, and mutual. And I want it to be based on honesty, safety, trust, respect, and reliability so that we have a chance at a relationship that is healthy. And I often remind you, and I will again right now, if you haven't listened to the Save Your Sanity podcast number 115, the three must-haves of a healthy adult relationship, Do that because you need to know what is the basis of a healthy relationship. And you'll soon see that none of those things were available with the hijackle. Now, working through the relief, I've often said when a hijackle gives you the silent treatment, enjoy it. The reason that a hijackle does that is they think that if they withhold their mighty selves from you, that you will apologize for things you haven't done and beg them to talk to you and therefore give them your power again. But when you are leaving them, know that you're going to have a longer respite than the silent treatment. You're going to lock your doors and be perfectly alone, even if you're there with your children 
All of you will be alone from the hijackal, and it will be a respite. It will be a place where you are safe for a while. Yeah, they don't often go away quickly. They don't go away well, that's for sure. And there are things to work through. But you're on the right path by leaving them. Yeah, I'm not advocating that everybody leave. I'm just saying if you are leaving them, know then that there is relief in knowing that they're not coming by sometime soon. And sometimes you may need to reinforce that. You know, that's what surveillance cameras are for, but that's a topic for another time. Um, in the relief, um, be sure that you know who you are outside the relationship. Start to work to develop. What do you like? What do you want? What do you prefer? How do you like things to be? You know, I've often said to clients that, you know, when you when you get a divorce, one of the good, the good things that happens is you, you open the refrigerator and only things you like are in there. Well, that's sort of a metaphor for your life because once you move away from hijackal influence, whether it's a parent, a partner, a sibling, an adult child, um, you get your life back, maybe not all at once and maybe not as completely as you'd like to, but you do. And you get to live by your values and your vision for your life and your wants and needs and preferences. And that's wonderful. So know it will shift you from feeling bad to feeling good, and you deserve to feel good. And sometimes we don't believe that. Sometimes when we really examine it, we're so used to feeling badly that we don't know that we deserve to feel good. Excuse me, I'm getting over COVID. So some days there will be overwhelm. Some days there will be overwhelm, and some days that you will be overjoyed. Right now, I'm not overjoyed. You may be able to figure that out. But you will achieve balance over time. And that's what's super important to aim for. It's important to know that you can get there. And if you get help, you'll get there sooner. But you can achieve balance. Such an important thing to know. So I hope that the ideas of grief and relief after leaving a hijackal relationship are clearer to you now. And if I can help you, go to emergingempower.com and see all the things that are there for you. And until we talk again, take very good care of yourself because you're precious and you matter. Treat yourself that way. Talk soon. Thank you for joining me on the Save Your Sanity podcast today. I hope you've had some new insights, some ideas and strategies to help you gain clarity and confidence for moving forward toward greater emotional health and safety. You deserve that, and so do your children. If you found value here and would like to support this podcast with a dollar or five each month, please do so at patreon.com slash saveyoursanity. Learn more about how to work with me via video conference, join my optimized circles, or subscribe to this podcast and my YouTube channel at my website, transformingrelationship.com. Talk soon.